you doing all right all right you, you doing all right oh, okay uh but what, what happened here i don't know <laughs> I didn't, I, I you've been were, into new york too I long i thought we were we, doing a thing there the man <laughs> just gets to new york and suddenly he's new york again i don't know <laughs> i thought we were doing a thing jeez what's your name my name is kwaku and what's your name Ato. And this is the dope shit, also known as Radio Samunda. Boom! Yeah, see, like how I do <laughs> that you, change yeah, at you. Yeah, a little, All right, little off speed right yeah, there. There you go. Oh, like that. Yeah, there I you like go. That. <laughs> um, welcome back. Yep. Um, Ato has brought in an amazing guest yeah so all right prior to this run i mm-hmm. said to you all right i like i love that we're doing musicians yep. i get it mm-hmm. it's very easy for me to understand where people are coming from and ask mm-hmm. them questions mm-hmm. and all of that but mm-hmm. i want to learn more about your world right i need you to you know i need you to see if you can bring some of your peoples in mm-hmm. that aren't musicians mm-hmm. you know and you're like all right done and I brought the pain. You brought the pain. And I then you, the you mentioned this person. Yes. You're like, all right, well, there's so-and-so who's the artistic director of... of Cold Core. Cold Core. Core. As in the core. French word for heart. For heart. Yes. yes. Core. I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it. Not Core's. Yes. Not Core's like... not tapping the Rockies. No, no. Cold Core. Cold Core. Horse Heart. Heart Horse, but Horse Heart. Because it's heart. French. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Yes. 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 Um... Yeah, and so you're like, hey, there's this person. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Mm-hmm. And then even you know, before we started the the session or the hang or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't really know what this job title means, right? Because her job, she's the artistic, artistic, art, sorry, artistic director, artistic director, and she's also herself a director, and she's yes, and a shit ton of other things, which you'll hear. Yes, you'll you know, mm-hmm. normally we're the ones who are like, hey, you do this, you mm-hmm. do this. Yeah, yeah. She went through like, yeah, you know, which was great because yeah. it gave me context. Yes. And I was like, all right. And and I say this all the time. I'm like, I don't know what this is, but I, I also don't prepare. Right. Nor should you. We, I, that's because our thing. Because if it's my dope shit, we you don't shouldn't. do research. Yeah, exactly. So that the experience is authentic. Yes. And we're learning. Mm-hmm. And um, dare I say, like, this is, I mean, this was the interview I think that impacted my creative process the most. Wow. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, how about that for a preview? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, she's she's um, a dear, dear friend of mine and also just a, a wonderful inspiration to me. And I've told her that a million times. But, um, and she's very she's very humble. Yeah, I don't think she knows that <laughs> sometimes you got to remind her that. But she is a uh, she is a special being. Yeah. And I'm glad to know her. And you'll get that because yeah. this this interview is interesting because there'll be points where she'll be talking about something really mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. and then she'll just stop and like look around yeah like as if was that wrong yeah <laughs> you know like, <laughs> like no, no dude keep going We're, we are wrapped in attention right yes, yes right yes and so. I, th- I think you do a really good job of helping her to I mean, yeah, she's just, she's just, uh, she, what I love about her is like, she keeps things close to the vest or at least that's my, but she's, uh, it's all love and it's all just, it's, I think it's the, it's the quality of her that, you know, that, that sparks a lot of creativity because she's so sort of calm and serene, even though a whole bunch of other stuff could be happening under the surface, but she knows how to 
uh, control that energy in yeah. order to facilitate creativity, not just in herself, but everybody around her and all the all the all the things that she has to sort of hold on to um, as she takes something on a creative journey. Yeah. We haven't even said her name. Adrian Campbell what's, Holt. What's your name, girl? What's your name? Adrian Campbell Holt, the artistic director of Cold Core. Yes. She's next. Want to dig in? Do it. All right. Let's do it. Let me tell you about the snakes, the fakes, the lies, the highs, and all of these industry shingdings. Will you see the pretty girls in the high animated world? Take a a rapper with Welcome to Radio Zamunda. Hey, man. How hey. you doing? I'm good. Yeah? All right. Who are you? I'm, I'm, I'm me. Who are yeah. you? Okay. I'm, we're going to get this right this time. Yeah, okay. But remember, we said that you need to start. I need to start. Yes. Okay. So who are you? I'm Atul. And I'm Kwaku. And this is... No, we did that wrong. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm Kwaku. I'm Atul. And this is... Radio Zamunda. And it is the... The dope shit. There it is. Yes. And we're so... Were you like, oh my God, what's happening? It's like yeah. all of a sudden the that game started. That was a started. ritual <laughs> Yes, that's it. That's the wind up. <laughs> but look at her face. She's yeah. just like, wait a minute. <laughs> She's like, why am I here? At, some point? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at what point do we do the group worm? Right, <laughs> right. You know? you know you're on... I'm doing just, it inside. Yes. Yeah, it, on the inside. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Kwaku just did the worm. I did. Yeah. I, I didn't mean to. Luckily, just... nobody could see that. Oh, well, playing Adrian, with you. I'm playing Adrian with you. Adrian saw it. Yes. Don't judge me. So now you now you just now you just gave away who's here. Well, I could be talking about Adrian Grenier or Grenier or whatever. Mm. He lives. He lives in the neighborhood. Doesn't okay. He? Brooklyn. Well, we're in Brooklyn right now. Yes, we are. Thank you. In my apartment. Yes, we are. Drinking prosecco. Yes. With and crudite. Yes. And guess who I've invited over? I've invited over Adrian Campbell Holt. Holt. Yes. Woo. Artistic director of Cold Core. See another? Okay. Hey. Before you got here. Would you let her speak, please? I was about to ask her just, a question. Well, just tell her to allow, allow her to say hi. Can you say hi, please? And uh, allow hey. me not to speak over you. Hello. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for coming. Thank you for coming. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm speaking non-verbally. Right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I'm really happy. Thanks for coming, Adrian. You can ask a question. Yes. Oh, thank you. Okay. Raise, raise hand. your hand. Yes. Thank okay. you. So when when uh, we're setting up before you got here, I was like, is it okay that I'm not sure what an artistic director is? You know, it's okay. It's yeah. you know. Yeah. Nobody wanna... knows. Okay. So I'm I'm, I'm in the You're majority. You're not the only one. Right. Okay. All right. All right. Well, there's other ignorant people. I enjoy being in groups of ignorance, um, America. D- do you want to talk about like? What no, we no, do? no. Well, first we gotta. We, now we have to understand what an artistic director is. Okay, and yes. then we can go back and go backwards. Yes, thank you, sir. Yes. So I would say an artistic director is a fairly uh, customizable position depending mm. on the size of the institution. So, for a theater company like Colt Core, which is a a tiny scrappy company mm-hmm. it means you do everything okay. um, and I share that everything with the company of artists that are you know actors and writers and designers uh, and the managing director and I but you know it means washing the dishes after the party yeah. and it means oh, wow. <laughs> programming the season and uh, collaborating with the playwrights and you know picking the uh, hiring the designers and the casting the actors and mounting the shows, directing the shows, figuring huh. out the marketing, uh, making the website, updating the website, communicating mm-hmm. with the patrons, mm-hmm. <laughs> entering yep. the uh, 
the info of people who want to buy tickets. It's really do you see my face? Full, I'm just yeah. like <laughs> the it's full amazing. gamut. Yeah, um, we re- we have an education program, so overseeing that, uh, and at most theaters, the artistic director doesn't wear maybe as many hats. It's more of a um, it's the season programming and the fundraising. Okay. That's what the, the artistic director usually does. And the artistic director is not always also a director. Sometimes they are a producer person more. Sometimes they're more of an administrator background. Maybe right. they were a stage manager at some point. Uh, but they have that sort of skill set of communicating with all of the artists that you would work with on a process. And then also there's a lot of development. Yeah. And <laughs> full disclosure. In the sense of... Raising, raising money, money. yes. Yeah. And full disclosure for the Radio Zamunda audience, I am a company member of Cold Core. Look at you. That's how I know Adrian Campbell Holt. That's not how we know each other. Well, that's not how we know each other. Now we're going to go back to how you and I met because the whole, like we remind everybody who listens, the whole uh, point of uh, the dope shit is Kwaku and I's relationship is based on he or I introducing each other to dope shit. And, um, and so <laughs> you today are this episode's dope shit and I said you've <laughs> got to meet Adrian Campbell Holt because she's got some dope shit. Dope shit. Yeah. Very, very excited. Yes. And full disclosure like mm-hmm. we originally started off like uh, interviewing all these musicians because Otto and I both are really into music and I told you I was coming up here because I don't live in, I used to live in New York and I moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just like hey we need to interview more people from your world. Right. And I was like you mentioned this creative director person mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Yeah. But that's what I want to know. That's right. what I want to learn about. Right. That, I want that to be the next dope shit that I experience. Okay. You, we Done. got it. <laughs> it's Done. happening right now. It's, seriously. <laughs> so how did you and I meet, Adrian? We met the summer of 2010 at the Williamstown Theater Festival. Yes. During a production of Six Degrees of Separation. Okay. Uh, by John Guare, which Otto was starring in. Mm-hmm. And uh, we hung out. and. Yep. We had a great time, and there was a lot of um, late night swimming. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And some music playing. Yes. And uh, I was the assistant director on the play, Mm -hmm. and also directing some of the other actors that were in the play and some other productions that Otto saw. Mm -hmm. And then very quickly, uh, we decided we should keep working together. And then Otto was in the second production that Colt Core ever did, which was called Fish Eye. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And, and uh, for me, you know, I'm I'm just gonna gas her up real quick because she's she's kind of like you. She's like, yeah, I'm doing this and I'm doing that, and it's yeah, it's okay. It's she just listed like seventy parts of her job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And she hasn't even gotten to all the directing that she does because she's not just a an artistic director. She's actually a director. So right. she directed, um, she directs uh, all of Cold Core stuff and her own stuff all over the country. Like I can't keep up with all where she is all over the world. All over the world. Chile, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we got to get into this. We've got to get all of that. So yes. So let so let's go way way back. And uh, where are you from, Adrian? I. When I was little, I lived in Vermont. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, what part? Newbury. Like I don't population know why I, I said, it, said it like that. Like, oh, do you know Chris? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think he was like the chicken that lived next door. It was yes. like we lived on a dairy farm. So and wow. Then, I know that. And then you we, knew that? No, I did not. There you go. My parents were community organizers. And so we had no furniture, which was very 
interesting and, and are those fun, two things actually. mutually inclusive if you're organizing a community everyone sits on the floor no it just means that there was no money at there all there we yeah. go mm. and we were moving around a lot and um but it was great because like in the theater you know when you don't have a table anything can be a table right <laughs> right <laughs> um we played a lot of this game called can't touch the ground <laughs> where What's you just that? climb on things oh wow um, You'd step on doorknobs. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I moved to inside the city of Boston to Dorchester. Dorchester. Oh. And that was oh. where I grew up for the most part. Mm-hmm. So you're like, a, you're like a Boston sports fan and all that too? I don't care about sports. I mean, sure. <laughs> There's this, I, I love the Red Sox. Yeah, she does. Uh, I, I'm not even going to get into but like there's one to hilarious time. Dad. Okay. That uh, I think you just you were trying to describe oh, color. Yeah, you're <laughs> color commentary. Yeah, she's giving color commentary on like I think the World Series and the the Red Sox were in it, and I, we're not going to try to recreate it now. But her color commentary was hysterical. Priceless. It was basic. It was basically like the other guy with the ball threw it, <laughs> and then the guy caught it, and then the guy went to the base, and then he he didn't catch it, but he picked it, and I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> but completely clear. It was completely clear. It was just Child. the guy. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. So was anyway. Amazing. But one of my new, my, one of my babysitters was one of the new kids on the block. Which one? Oh, God. Danny Wood. Yeah, I don't know him. He's not the most famous one. Yeah, he I, looks like a monkey. I thought you were gonna say Jordan. No, I had a crush on Jordan. Right. Um, but would, would Mark they come over and, and sing? Donnie lived down the street from me. Stop Actually, it. Danny loved to come over because he could break dance at our house because we didn't have any furniture. Right. And he would bring <laughs> his boom back, boom box, and just break it out. That and is fantastic. He loved it. He was a very good break dancer. Would he bring cardboard or just go straight to the hardwood? Straight on the floor. That's yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that they were actually gangster. They were gangster dancers. Like <laughs> seriously. Yeah, and they had not yet hit puberty, so their voices were like angels. Wow. Wow. That is gorgeous. That's just like an added bonus. So then I'm, how did you happen? How did you, where like talk me through what initially got you into theater because I know that there's other stuff that you did prior to that. Can I jump in before we get into that? Mm-hmm. Yes. We have these very loose terms mm-hmm. that we sort of follow along, or these themes, if you will, for all of these conversations that we have with creatives like cool. yourself. And so the theme that we're talking or that we're kind of loosely focusing on today is interpretation, which I think will tie in nicely to what you described. Right. Yeah. Um, so just think about it as you're sort of sharing your story and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. I, I came to theater through dance. I was a ballet dancer growing okay. up and um, that got... I was really lucky. My best friend from the Y, her dad was the costume designer for Boston Ballet. Wow. So I convinced her to let me come with her to ballet. And I, you know, soon I was going every day and really obsessed with it. And I just really more than anything loved to have that, that span of time without words, without talking. Huh. Um, and I, I, f- you know, from when I was like, you know, three or four years old, when I hear music, I just love to dance, like all kinds of dancing. Yeah. <laughs> and, okay. and, I ju- and I see choreography um, mm. and I like feel like I'm composing bodies in space whenever I hear any kind of music. So I always knew I wanted to be a choreographer and or a director. Right. But I didn't. Um, and, and it felt so good to dance for many years. But then I had a hip injury, which mm. made it feel a lot less good. Yeah. And when I was injured, I started choreographing uh, and I made my first piece when I was 11. 
and Jeez. it was uh like I was like calling girls to my rehearsals and their parents were having to drive them to come to my <laughs> rehearsals. <laughs> so this awesome. was just in you. It was super in me. Right. Like yeah. my parents were not into this at all. And wow. um, they, they were supportive. But um, I, yeah, I mean, I made this uh, dance theater piece that was inspired by the Walt Whitman poem Eidolons when I was 14. That was like an evening length work. Um, and I just was so it, it felt so natural yeah. and good and to were me. you doing this at school was this part of school or this was just you just me um my i went to public school and they really did not have arts at the public schools that i went to so this was all after school and i would miss a ton of school but, but on your own volition totally on my own this this makes like i've always admired you um uh this makes so much sense now like i did i've never knew that piece and that's like like to take it on your own to make dance by yourself and then probably doing the whole thing yeah, of I it. Yeah, I made the costumes. I made design the lighting. That, like that. You design lighting. Yeah. My heart Did just like. Did you book like, the venue? Oh, broke. yeah. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I convinced the artistic director of Boston Ballet when I was 11 to give me the <laughs> master's studio. Yes, it 11. Was, and then, then what I did there started this choreography program at Boston Ballet that's like now pretty well known. I, you know, there's so much that makes sense now. So much just locked in for me with you. Um, uh, just because um, when I have worked with Adrian um, and we've, she's not only directed me, but she's also, uh, I've also part of Colt Coors developing plays and watching her process. And I'm always amazed at, I knew she was a dancer. I knew you were a dancer and, all, and so forth, but um, how you incorporated all of these ideas. And I always wondered this is why I brought her on because th there's things where I want to know, like where does she get this kind of inspiration from? Because mm -hmm. it's always creative. There's always a visual piece that she introduces, uh, at least in, in my experience with her, like she'll have a photo that like has inspired her or a series of photos that inspires her about whatever the piece that she's trying to put together and coordinate. And it's, it's, uh, it's always makes me feel um, like I'm working with somebody who is working on many different frequencies on a different and I'm, do you know what I mean? Which yeah. is, which is amazing. Uh, one quick question for you. Um, uh, and this is just like a, a dancer question. When you stopped dancing, was there a, was there a part of you that, cause I've, I've, I know a lot of dancers and they've said this to me before. Was there like a sort of like, um, how do I explain it? A, uh, reincorporating yourself into the physical world of us mortals who, don't know how to use our bodies the way you do was there you're pretty good at using your body oh but <laughs> hello <laughs> i like to dance <laughs> i you know it was really a, a tough transition to be honest and um a combination of factors had made me sort of not feel like i had a normal childhood like uh in addition to being obsessed with ballet and you know wanting to sort of live at ballet i also had um some health problems and i was in the hospital a lot mm. when i was a kid mm. and so those you know i had to grow up really fast because like when i was seven i woke up paralyzed one day and they were like you might die and they, the, oh, wow. the chaplain came and it was it was a very intense experience mm. and um then it kept kind of coming back for a few years so i I think when I was in high school and I suddenly was not going to be a professional ballet dancer anymore after like my last hip surgery, uh, I I did go through like a a deep 
uh, soul searching that, you know, probably the thing that more than anything, like got me through was music and movies. Mm. And um, I just sort of felt like those were such full expressions of art, kind of like, you know, the visual and the choreographic um, often and and especially like I loved music videos actually Um, and because of the the narrative component but not being naturalistic and having so much kinesthetic movement even if they even if it was like pedestrian movement right right or camera movement and so I decided I really wanted to be a film director and Um, how old were you when you decided in high school Mm -hmm. but I thought well what's the best way to learn about film directing while also getting paid would be to be an actor for right. a while. So, right. so that's yeah. what I pursued um, for a while. Okay. And I uh, I went to Barnard at Columbia mm-hmm. and I was an urban studies major and I did a ton of like experimental theater downtown when I was in college and also made some short films and studied photography and visual arts and was um, pretty, you know, pretty much like a student of film by right. by just renting videos and dvds right, 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 right. <laughs> and um and took some great film classes with andrew saris but i you know to you know i guess to i feel like i should speed up the story no you should, you should <laughs> say, i'm, I'm so, riveted so yeah. keep talking so then um there was a kind of interesting tangent where i was part of a performance installation company called gail gates that was in dumbo in the late 90s and early aughts okay um and we rehearsed for four months a production of the Divine Comedy, and then it ran for six months, and it was in a forty thousand square foot warehouse. Four wow. months of rehearsal. It was European style. Oh God! What yeah. for for us novices? One month of rehearsal is, is a lot. Is a lot. So yeah. four times that is yeah. insane. Yeah, yeah, and I was in college, so I was commuting from Columbia to like, Dumbo. Yeah, every day, but it was so fulfilling because. The artists involved were um, kind of experimental filmmakers and visual artists and some normal actors and musicians. And the play had 42 people in it and the, the audience moved through the space and there, there were like okay. choral singers in it. Yeah. Um, and I played Beatrice and I sort of like took them through the, the world. Mm-hmm. And um, during that time, I got to know Dumbo and ended up doing my thesis on Dumbo and then convinced the real estate developer there Jed Valentis to give me free space for an organization I started in 2002 called Nest that I ran for a few years and that um, was fascinating and yet like not what I wanted to do right like like for a year and a half we had this one warehouse that was 70,000 square feet and it was I've heard tell that's like a city block I was gonna say by the way this is in New York City Mm -hmm. in New York City Mm -hmm. it's like an entire city block Mm -hmm. yeah ground floor and we had um, 10 dance and theater companies and residents and a cinema and a gallery and a bar and a printing press. And all of the artists that were there had like 5,000 square feet for free. And was may this, I ask how old were you? I at was this 22. I, see, this is where I like, I mean, what was I doing at 22? <laughs> I was good. just graduating college or Nothing whatever, good. you know. No, but like, I mean, honestly. I just had the most keys. I had just this ring of just so many keys. Yeah. So uh, is that, uh, did I cut you off, Quagu? So is that, does that come from a life of having parents that are community organizers and having maybe a 
is nomadic the the right term and so that like because you know you and i have a friendship and i'm always like adrian your hustle is ridiculous i'm always he is a hustler yeah do you know what i mean my and nickname is given to me by alex timbers is the dorchester hustler the dorch oh i didn't know I that. Like that see i mean but adrian has always got a cool hustle and it's always like how did you get like you teach spanish and like all of this stuff and i'm like when did you learn it when did you get subway ride down yeah, on the yeah. end, she's like, oh, yeah, I picked up some Spanish and now I'm just tutoring on the side. Yeah. And then, boom, I'm like doing this whole big, huge community theater thing. So I just like, where does that come from? I think it did. You know, my parents influenced me in their scrappiness and mm-hmm. their, uh, you know, sort of gift for bringing people together and communicating with them and, and you know, having a purpose and really believing and having a passion for their work. Right. And then... Um, I also, you know, I I did do some internships like in high school and college and felt like, well, these people know a lot, but I would rather do my own thing and then just make mistakes and learn from them. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I was also so naive. It was wonderful. I had no idea what I didn't know. Yeah. You know, that that circle of the like I knew a little bit and then I mostly just didn't know what I should be intimidated right. by. Yeah. Right. Which is amazing. Yeah. And what were you going to ask? Uh, well, I, I think it was more about, I was trying to picture where this Dumbo space was, mm-hmm. but beyond that, um, it seems like a lot of the, um, a lot of what you talk about is sort of like taking in these things either orally or visually and then running it through your, what's the term, like strainer or like mm-hmm. sieve and then producing something creatively as a result of it. And I feel like, Alton, I've had conversations about that. Like, we'll listen to a ton of music, and mm-hmm. then if you sit down with a guitar, then it's like something similar to that starts to come out of you, mm-hmm. but it's your version of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you think that, like, what is the key to that for you? I mean, I'm sure a lot of it probably even feels subconscious, but, like, that's where this interpretation theme to me really seems very yeah. tangible with you because you're doing it on a lot of different mediums as well. Um, is there something about um, being able to take something that you've seen and um reinterpret it for you know for lack of a better term that like i to be honest i'm not even sure what i'm asking i'm just really trying to understand your process because it's so it's so deep and like as otto said it's on so many different levels Mm -hmm. well right and the and the kind of way that it manifests varies significantly depending on if it's a if i'm directing a play that exists when I meet the playwright like if it's a right. script that exists I mostly do do new plays so those are like world premieres that have never been staged or you know had design elements before or had right. a cast but you know I also do productions and so ones where, where, where we start collaborating before there's a script and that's my favorite kind of work to do talk more about that so um that actually feels to me the most like choreography because in choreography the choreographer is both the playwright and the director Mm -hmm. you know there's no text other than the bodies and um and what you can do with them and you know you you come in with an idea and you build it for the dancers and you know you create that narrative together and so when i you know have a whether it's like a an emotional idea or a um more of an intellectual idea i i often will like think about who who would be the appropriate collaborators like there's um the first piece that 
that Colt Core created was called Seven Minutes in Heaven. And it was about, it was, you know, about being a teenager in the 90s, right. which I was. Um, <laughs> and the, um, the playwright, Stephen Levinson, and I started talking about kind of like what we wanted a play to feel like much, mm. much before we started talking about what we wanted it to be about. Um, and we talked about how we wanted it to be, to feel like scored like a rock show. So, um, the way when you go to a concert, you have these like sort of peaks of, um, emotional response during songs. But then there's also like this lull where there might be some banter or, um, some stories, uh, bathroom break, (laughs) bathroom break, snack break. Um, and, and how it very, you know, a good album, for example, like has that full range of like the intimate moments to like the ballad the, the stadium filling yeah. moments yeah. and um so you know early on we started talking about how a, a structure for the piece might be the games that you would play at a party and it's like just like in the rules of improv you're not talking about what you're doing right. but like if two people are playing or if six people are playing spin the bottle that's like a good an interesting conceit for like a scene happens within that game. Right. Um, or you have the people in the closet or you have a game of hide and seek. Right. Um, just a little break. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. A little Prosecco break. Yeah. Uh, anybody would need a top off cause I do. No. <laughs> um, and then we started creating, you know, we got a group of our friends together and we just told stories about like our, some, extreme you know seminal moments from our adolescence or um sort of crazy things that had happened at parties Mm -hmm. and the playwright steven started you know writing monologues and scenes from all of that and which is which is uh, which is how that process i remember being um when i did fish eye with you yeah which is and 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 the thing about cold core which i love and then we'll get just to the 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 origin of Colt Core. I just yes. want to hear about yeah. that story. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I just remember that I, I, I'm a pretty um, uh, working actor, do you know what I mean? And I'd had a lot of experiences and I'd actually written my own plays and so forth, um, but I'd never had an experience like that where you're just kind of walking in um, and there's like bare bones nothing and there's a thread of an idea. Um, and that what you just said about seven minutes in heaven, I didn't know because that was I think that w- that predated yeah. me, and so I never even saw that show. But to just to think that this the inspiration of this is a rock show and the uh, the sort of skeleton uh, performance or the the feeling of a rock show is such to me uh, a thread of a thread of an idea. And I know that Seven Minutes in Heaven was like really well received. It wasn't like, oh, this play is clunky or whatever. It just, I mean, you you obviously continued doing stuff with Colt Core. Um, and so that that is fascinating because again, like I said before, you know, you've come in with a postcard picture of something, of an image, and, and this is her inspiration. And it's like something that you and I have talked about a lot with music, what you just said. It's like there's a thread of an idea. Yeah. And for me, being like a cub musician, I'm always like, how did that turn into that? Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
and it, and it's always it's always what I love about Cold Core and this whole thing is like we keep getting to this whole collaborative process of making something. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Because um, just a couple of days ago, we just did a, a another couple of podcasts, and me and uh, Kwaku and another buddy Kevin just sat around and started making music. And I had the thread of an idea, and then suddenly these guys are jumping in with like, "Try this chord chain, try that chord chain. Yeah. Oh, it feels like this. Oh, it does this." And suddenly, my little bit of an idea has like already sort of blossomed into like part of a song. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But there's also something about the letting it go and letting it breathe that it seems hard is it hard mm. for you to mm. like you had the thread for example with seven minutes in in heaven is that what you imagined like the finished product is that what you go oh great yeah question. that's exactly what it is great question it's exactly what i had in my head yeah i feel like i know that the best work comes from the sum of you know when it's more than the sum of its parts and right. so i think i am pretty um inspired by the, my collaborators and know right. that it will you know it, it was even better than i could have even more than i could have imagined it right. to be and uh-huh. um and you know just in in that case like steven he has a show going to broadway in the fall called dear evan hansen mm-hmm. and um the music, the composer and lyricist and d- director, Michael Greif, told me oh. that the reason that they knew that Stephen could write the book for this musical, which is his first musical, was because of Seven Minutes in Heaven. That's amazing. <laughs> That's crazy. And he just yeah. you know won a bunch of awards for the book of this musical already. Yeah. Um, wow. And, and you, know, you did that. Yeah. You did, did that. Did um, what? Yeah. So that's cool. And, you know, like like this other piece that we've been working on for years, mm-hmm. oh, the, yeah. the thread of this piece called First Life was I got obsessed with the fact that the inventor uh, and futurist Ray Kurzweil mm-hmm. has a storage container full of all of his father's personal effects because he believes that he w- will be able to. Re, you know, upload the soul of his father onto another vessel right. that he will be able to interact with in his lifetime. Which is a wow. fantastic idea because it's and, and and it's it gets into my whole geekery of stuff because we and we had fascinating sessions on like just a group of actors talking through it. Um, she had she was incorporating dance. She was in, or movement, I should say, and the idea of piecing together a person based on the memories. That are now in, and the in material our world. objects, yeah. That, you know. Yeah, like and I had lunch not? with Let Ray, and he, you know, he showed me all of his inventions and in his, you know, little uh, office, which is very modest in Needham, Massachusetts. You know, so just that piece is uh, is so big. I feel like we're not. I'm not yeah. ready to finish it yeah. yet. It's so awkward okay. because it's like I'm like I literally went to raise my hand because I had a follow up question, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I didn't want to cut you off, yeah. and, then, <laughs> and then everyone stopped talking. Yeah. Um, along the lines of Otto's question, because mm-hmm. so when you were describing that, it made me think of, like you were talking about playing, and I think about yeah. songwriting, and I'm really impressed with how specific your inspiration is, you know. Because uh, I feel like maybe earlier on and even now, like I, if I sometimes I'm writing a song and I'm like, this song feels like all right, there are two chords. This song feels like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that concept is, but this is what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And then melodically, I will sing something and the words don't necessarily make sense. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of you really recognizing um, the, po- the power of collaboration and knowing when to open things up. And within the construct sometimes of, of writing songs, there are things where it's like, all right, here's a rough idea. You bring it to everybody, like what you described, right. and then it opens up. Mm-hmm. But then there's a piece where... And I think you were going through this the other day where mm. it's like, well, what's this going to be about? And there's this part where you need to go off by yourself and actually craft it into something. And I guess my question for you is, especially working in all these different mediums, how do you know when you are opening this, th- opening a thing up for collaboration or when it's like, oh, this is something that I know I need to do and really flesh out more before I bring it to people mm. to make sure that this, this uh, creativity continues? Great question. Um, I think it varies so much depending on the how personal the how sort of personal versus conceptual the project is Um, like I knew with fisheye that it was it was always going to be much that that piece is about um, the disintegration of a relationship and how sort of the objects that we hold on to from a relationship what that reveals about us and it was you know told out of time and and yeah. sort of about that coming of age that happens when you're negotiating your personal life and your professional life growing up. And I think, um, sorry to cut yeah. you off, but I think what was great about that play, it was like what I liked about the, she sort of mentioned it really quickly, but it was, it was, it was structured out of um, temporal sequence. So it was like you saw the breakup and then you saw a moment before that and then they met in the middle of the play. You saw that scene and then later they were, you know, it was like all out of time and it kind of seemed as if it, it seemed like somebody was telling you this and was like, oh, and then this happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but let me let me back up to when we, we first met. But then, oh, that, that was because blah, blah, blah. And I think that was what really viscerally worked uh, structurally for me. And that seemed to come out of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? It was like it was in... Um, and it was it was interesting for all of us actors to be a part of it. And one thing that you did that was cool that because at, 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 it was such a collaborative and creative process that the play was changing sometimes as we were performing it. Huh. You know, we've moved one scene. Scene five now becomes scene two. Oh, and wow. then scene one becomes whatever. You know what I mean? like a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. Almost. So because we're trying to work it out. And so Adrian came up with this whole like sort of um, hand gesture movement piece so that we could remember what uh, scene was coming up? What as we're doing the run, which was which was fantastic. I mean, some we were like, "What is this?" And then once we rec- recognize it, like, jellyfish. "Oh, yeah, jellyfish!" And there, there's a line where uh, one of, I, I still say this uh, this wonderful actress Betty Gilpin. Um, there's a line that she just goes, "Jellyfish." Yeah. And that's not going to make sense to anybody. But no, it doesn't make sense yeah, to me. Yeah, but it's just the actors, anybody who's seen it, and Adrian and I. So sorry. But anytime now that you think of the word jellyfish, just I'm think, gonna think of jellyfish. Exactly. That's all you have to say. Anyway. Well, it's like when you're in your house and you pick up that um, postcard or that keychain that an, an ex gave you. And, and mm. your partner could be in the room with you and they don't know where you're going. But you could yes. fully go to that place and that moment when you received it your ex gave it to you and so that's how the play moved yeah. you know then that would happen even better and 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 again that's a thread of an idea do you know it's a it's to me it's it's more sort of primordial than like an actual uh a, a rough draft of something right it's like i have two notes and suddenly you take those two notes and then you're you've made an opera out of it which is always 
amazing to me. So that piece right there, mm-hmm. what? How much of that did you? Was there a part? Were there sections of that where you're like, all right, these are the things I need to personalize, and I really need to woodshed more. And then were there parts where it's just like, all right, we've all had this common experience, and even I think you just describe this process. I'm going to bring this in, and we're all just going to discuss it and sort of develop it from there like how did you determine that within that specific play very uh primordially Mm. i i mean i think that's one of the things that dance gave me um and i feel so grateful for is you know uh has this great quote about um a dancer never asks why you just do it Mm. and and i love that and i i love collaborating with technical artists and with dancers because you just you're so game that's you just react just, and, and right. that's so often where the most creative juice comes from for sometimes me and so actors sometimes actors they love to talk <laughs> and why and psych, psychologically and what's the objective and i hate that because yeah. because by the time i've explained it i've lost the interest yeah. in and, and the inspiration yeah yeah and it's yeah. and it's like it's so animal yeah it's yeah. so pure yeah. and um and and especially you know when when like this this crew of artists that was in fisheye mm-hmm. was just so you know we really bond and mm-hmm. so we can tap into sort of deep personal knowledge about each other because yeah. there is that trust and intimacy it's and safe. that mm-hmm. and super safe yeah. and so you kind of you you do jump to the to the deep end very right. quickly yeah. <laughs> right right yeah um, mm-hmm. and i don't you know i, I try to be so immersed in the world of the pieces like I'll be you know like only watching movies and only listening to music that I feel is is related or like if anybody else tells me they're excited about it in the context of this piece I will listen to that and watch that and read that and so you curate your yeah. your life around oh, but That's I mean I also like for her yes Sorry. like I'm I'm super spongy and, and like if I am can go to a museum or go to a gallery or go walk around just look around like I had um this I've been having this uh pressure on myself and also from some of the cult core board who I love mm. about how can we make our Kickstarter videos a little more exciting because mm, okay. like many theater companies and artists we now have Kickstarter videos to raise money mm. but like it's like okay now everybody's video is the same right and okay. um and so when I was walking to get a sandwich at lunch today I had an idea for the next Kickstarter video and I'm so oh, excited. Sweet. Oh, cool. And, um, and also about like the title treatment for the show and how that can like tell the story of what the play is about. And this is for our fall production. And I wouldn't have had those things if I wasn't out of the office just walking down the street. Right. Oh, wow. Right. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so t- tell us just like, well, uh, okay, sorry. okay. Sorry. So I, I do feel like a, a very important part of my process is like actively not thinking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, and that's where the the stuff comes from, the good stuff. Mm. And that's a that, I think that's a consistent theme amongst all of the different crea- creatives. Can I use that term? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why not? That we've spoken to. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that tapping in the subconscious and putting the pen yeah. to paper yeah. and just doing it, you and know what I yeah. mean? And it's the combination. Yeah, it's got to be like you got to like not take the pen off the paper and then also like put all the paper away and yeah. not right. have any paper. Yeah. Right. That, that, I, I'm, I, I know you're like <laughs> you want to process that, right? Yeah, yeah, no, because it's a it, I I I'm going to make a loose association with like community organizing but community that that sort of communal thing that we all tap into that 
there's no way to quantify or qualify where it comes from. Right. Do you know what I mean? That whatever that inspiration is, it seems like you have to live. Obviously, you have to get out of your lab, whatever it is. But your routine, yeah. And there's so, there's a sort of balance. I mean, I'm not even asking a question here, but it seems that just between all the the interviews that we've had so far, it just seems like that's like that common theme. There's a there's certain letting go of yeah what your initial idea is. And and allowing it to sort of germinate and 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 cultivate it on its own in a way, you know what I mean? It's yeah, a, it's let it become and evolve and become something else. Yeah, there's also like a it seems like a degree of interpreting your subconscious because that's catching that's catching more than you're catching, you know, just sort of like checking your mail and like yeah. looking at Facebook or whatever. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? and like right. trusting the stiff sniff tests. Right. Your gut. Kind of like this. Yeah. Right. Say it. Yeah. Where, where your where your hunger is and where your 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 what curiosity your yeah. T- yeah takes you. Right. Yeah. Wow. So where did cult core come from? What like, does cult core mean? <laughs> <laughs> so when I was, um, I guess, really growing up, I just always called my computers that. Um, like, you know how you can like name your hard drive? Yeah. 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 Um, and that was because I felt like my spirit animal was a cult. Cool. And cause I'm French. And so mm-hmm. I like the French word for heart. Okay. And I like the way those words look together. And then about 10 years ago, I started a blog that was called that. Okay. And I had no intention of naming this theater company that, mm. and, um, when the company members, the founding company members and I were getting together to talk about what the name should be, many of them who like were so generous as to read my blog, uh, knew about Cold Core as a name and they were like, that's gotta be the name. And I was like, no, 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 that's too personal. Mm. Um, But then we all tried some other names that were suggested and fortunately those names were taken. Mm. Like, and and, (laughs) uh, I mean, one of them was the Cartographers Guild (laughs) <laughs> who came up with that idea oh come on who got there first one of, the real <laughs> i don't want to put anybody on blast one of, but one of them was joe's pizza joe's pizza come on i, I, I was never gonna go through yeah this come on um yeah. but you know in terms of the what cult core evokes i do love that and i like that there's a word that's not english yeah. and that you know those letters together and um that yeah. it's like more imagistic and feels kind of like yeah the spirit of a young horse the right. heart of a young horse mm-hmm. uh feels right now yeah um so that's where the name comes from though and how did you how did you guys all get together how did we get how did we get together you're but part how, of this right? well i'm a part of this but i came in sort of in year like you i came was, in like a few months into the. F- oh yeah okay cool yeah. so it was CPT. already there yeah 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 it's <laughs> like i i no, it was it was cool because adrian was like it's a, it, a lot of these things happen in my life where it's like I just meet people, luckily, and then there's some kind of like coolness, and I'm always like, I want to do stuff with that person again, and then I get roped in, and I'm like, oh, cool. So, we grabbed him. Yeah. Literally, what we're yeah. doing right mm-hmm. now is yeah. what he described. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> like this yes. entire conversation. And I think as I know um, sort of the origins of Cold Core, I think that's how it happened just like the, the, the entire birth of it happened with you working with people that you loved or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I had worked a little bit as a freelance director, but I really only started focusing on directing uh, in late 2008. Um, and 
these oh, artists. Oh, and let me, yeah. you never went to like, did you go to school for directing and all no, that? No, I did not. Oh my God. I never did any theater. Otzer just had a dramatic oh. reaction for those of Th- you who are That's what you're here. hearing. Yeah, yeah sorry. Cause I, I, I never realized that, not that it, it's a, an issue or, or whatever, but it's like. You don't oh, want okay. me to talk anymore. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> now, now it's my turn. No, I've, I've been directed <laughs> by a lot. Go. I've been directed by many people and, and you're a wonderful director and every time every time we uh we work together or i see a work from you i'm always like my god your eye do you know what i mean like it's yeah. it's there's and, and i there there's a play called um which is the play about the swim uh, dry land dry land it's a wonderful play about two young girls dealing with a pregnancy um and it happens um two young girls in high school and there's and this is i guess it's I'm just going to describe it. There's this wonderful moment where it's a it's a play. Of, and, and again, talking about those like little threads of an idea, I can imagine Adrian and the playwright having a thread of an idea about femininity and women's bodies and young women's bodies and, and also this really sort of dark subject. And there's this moment in the play. It's basically there's um, there's four people in the cast, two main young women. And so that's what you're seeing for, you know, I think it was maybe two uh, hour and a half of a play. Right. And in the middle of the play, since it's about swim, these two women on the swim team, there's a moment where suddenly out of nowhere, like maybe 13 girls, young girls in like swim trunks getting ready to go uh, to a swim meet, just sort of scamper across the the stage. The locker room. Oh. And it's one of my favorite moments of yours out of many like like when it happened I got I gasped because I was like now that we're talking about your your threads of an idea it it feels to me like oh that's probably part of it because right there it explained all of this stuff I mean these young I mean they were young looking girls meant to look like prepubescent to pubescent women like in the 13 14 young you know sort of gawky and the different bodies and they're just like it was such a powerful moment and for somebody who didn't go to whatever school and blah 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 and this is like again i'm just gonna it's same thing i'm 11 years old and i'm gonna you know corner the director of xyz ballet company to make this show and i'm 11 right do you know what i mean that's a that's that's what i'm talking about is that hustle she's got i don't know where that comes that's That's, moxie that's not even hustle anyway you know I had to stroke Adrian a little bit because yeah. that was sorry, sorry I cut you off. You had to tap off the off. gas tank. Yeah, right that was yeah. that just I just learned something there. Well, sorry. what's crazy also is that playwright. She was twenty when she wrote that play. That's cr- what. Yeah, now she's working on the Jonathan Franzen TV series about purity with Daniel Craig. So she's oh. she's like twenty two now. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing. You can net. Well, you, I got you, a good eye. Yeah, I, got yeah. a, I started tracking her when she was in high school. Oh, that's crazy. So anyway, sorry, I cut you off. No. I just that's started Ruby reading Ray that, Spiegel. by the way. So don't, Ruby Ray don't, Spiegel. don't tell me yes. anything yeah. about purity. I literally yeah. have started reading this. Oh, I know gosh. nothing about purity. I know nothing. Oh, None of us do. We all just go through it. You know, <laughs> we'll work our way through it. Well, Otto's in shock now. Yeah, yeah. I feel I'm, like I'm the Otto interpreter. Yeah, you know, yeah, like there's like the yeah. Barack interpreter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, all right. I think I know because I know we're, we're pressed for time. Yeah, a little bit. Yep. Y- yep. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, uh, we were talking about cult core and how it came to existence and what it is and and um, because we're sort of recording these out of sequence. Yeah. When I say out of sequence, we're not exactly sure when other people are going to hear this. When our listeners, it's just for us. 
Yeah, At this yeah, point, it yeah. is. It's Thanks for like coming over, Adrian. It's kind of like a play for just three people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With yeah. three people. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk about stuff that you are thinking about working on in the future? Not even you can talk about what you're doing now, but stuff that it will I, be. It will be over. Yeah, this, this one, one will, will be over. Which was well, another wonderful play. Sorry. Uh, we one of the things about this company is that it's because there's no real like staff. We pivot quickly right. so um we're just figuring out what we're doing next fall um and we will like you know we because we only do world premieres we you know it's very important to me that the play have um have elements that are hyper theatrical and that it's telling a story that you know whether it's because of what it's about maybe it deals with abortion maybe mm-hmm. it deals with postpartum depression like the mm-hmm. play that we're doing right now does mm-hmm. um it has to be a story that's not being told by other people mm-hmm. um and often that means it's hard to find plays right. that are good enough <laughs> or right. you know or the ones that we're making from scratch take longer mm-hmm. uh so the play it looks like we're doing is called Tracks, and it's by anna noguera mm-hmm. and it's uh incredible play that we just did a workshop of a couple weeks ago um that sort of imagines a pharmaceutical drug that uh creates empathy a little bit like drug ecstasy (laughs) yes but um but it's used in a different way right less euphoria yeah, Less more. Jam bands. Yeah, more, more. Is that how you use? <laughs> I don't know where that came Whoa, from. Oh, I've just learned Whoa. something about my friend here. It's just. <laughs> I think he's on it right fun. now. Yeah. Um. <laughs> See? Let's get down these I think guitars. he's high. Yeah, yeah let's no, start playing. Yeah. Put, put on these masks. <laughs> <laughs> let's that get should, weird. Yeah, let's yeah. Just, yeah. That let's should be your, your art yeah. artwork. Yeah. yeah, masks and guitars. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> But, so, but yeah. but in many ways we don't know we never know like more than a few months out okay um that is which is scary and awesome yeah and it sounds super interesting yeah yeah, yeah. i mean like i i know a few shows that i'm doing in the next year one of them i'm super excited about next summer is uh a show i did this winter is coming back it's called the surgeon and her daughters it's by christopher nunez and it's gonna be at the cherry lane Okay. And Mr. Russell Jones is in it, who's one of my favorite actors. Do you know him? Oh, Russell Jones? Yes. Oh, that's my man. I love that guy. Russell is Ru- G. Is Russell Jones. black? Russell He's G. Jones. Black. Yes. Because you're like, yes. Russell Jones? Oh, I had the code switch on that. <laughs> yeah, totally if he was white, I'd be like, Russell Jones. Yeah. That's, that's what I'd like, Russell G. Jones? Yeah. That's my dude. Yo. Right there. Shit. He's yeah. incredible. He yeah. taught. He's fantastic. He taught Denzel how to be black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he, in he was in Labyrinth, right? For a while, wasn't it Labyrinth? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That is amazing. Yeah. So I feel like uh, maybe it's because of the immediacy of the art form. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Sure. I always say this: if you don't like it, you can hit it right back. Mm. Can you come back and talk to us? Can we do this again, like yeah. closer to like the release of something yeah, and really like absolutely. prime absolutely. people and absolutely because this is beyond dope shit. I mean, yeah, this yeah. is dope shit to me hey. and on a, on a whole, I, I'm going to be completely honest. Like this is challenging the way I've ever thought about not just writing songs, but writing lyrics, but capturing ideas yeah. because I think we all have that net where we capture something like, Oh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. And some of us like you at 11 know what yeah. to do with it. Yeah. Or constantly developing what you're mm-hmm. doing with it. I mean, it's probably a better way of saying it. Mm-hmm. And some of us, occasionally we get lucky. Right. 
occasionally it gets washed with our khakis <laughs> and we can't read it anymore. <laughs> you know, the receipt, whatever. Uh, the colors fade. It, it turns dope. It, it turns does dope. turn dope. Yeah. But this is. That was lovely. Whew. Yeah. Thank you. I just breathed into the microphone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always ask. I, I'm. I got nothing. We got to bring her back. Yes. Um, absolutely. So hopefully she comes back on. Hopefully. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. I know. Yeah. She's busy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> cool. That Thank is you. Beyond dope. Thank yeah, you. That was dope. All right. So, so I'm Kwaku and I'm Atul. Ooh. Yeah, I like that. And this is Radio Zamunda, the the dope shit. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you very much. It's always amazing when when we get the origin stories and uh, it it's it's almost I guess hindsight is twenty twenty. You right. go well, of course this is how you ended up. Right. You know, your parents are community organizers. Yeah. You you know because of lack of money you had to be creative in mm-hmm. literally the furniture that you had in mm-hmm. your home when you had it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and so, but that it's just stunning that. At 11 years old, she had the sort of pluck and the the um, uh, in. No, that's not the right word, but the just the I call it moxie moxie. Yeah. To just say this is what I want to do and have such a a um, confident uh, opinion about it and a confident execution of it. Yeah. uh, At 11. At 11, dude. And she's not trained in, in, well, she's trained in dance, but she's not trained in directing, you know, in the traditional sense of right. she went to a uh, grad school or anything like that. It's just something she, was, she just did. And as an actor, like I said, who's been directed tons of times by all level of effective and non-effective directors. We're going to add Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino <laughs> yeah. to that Yeah, list. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you know, hyperbole aside, she's she. I've had a lovely time being directed by her, as I did with Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino and everybody else who yeah. I've worked with. Uh, she is an excellent, she's an amazing visionary um, and a hustler. You know, oh she can just God. get it all... You know, she to me, she's she's got that hustle on the level of Miss Velvet, who we interviewed previously. Uh, yeah, a little while in ago Austin. Uh, in Austin. Yeah, um, that she has created her world. Uh, and Adri- the only thing Adrian hasn't done is given herself a new name, like Miss Velvet did. Right. But Adrian has created an entire world, an entire community, and an entire ecosystem around that. 
and so I'm gonna I'm gonna separate them mm-hmm. in this way. Right. I, I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. But the thing that Adrian does mm-hmm. is and that's what I'm saying, like the radiate she like the world that she creates, right, she can't help but push out that creative energy to right. other people. Right. And I think it might be sort of symptomatic of their different roles. Right, right. Because with Miss Velvet, she pushes that energy out in a performance. Yes, yes. And mm-hmm. Adrian pushes that energy out by getting and I and this is literally me sitting like two feet away from her, right? But bringing that creativity out of other people, right? And then channeling it, sure, sure. You know, yeah. and both of those things are very powerful, right? Um, but her, it's like it's it's it almost feels like a different thing with her. Oh, absolutely, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I mean, like, I, I went out. Uh, was it? I mean, yeah, because we we're doing these all out of order. But right. like, last night, I was talking to the the cast of Max play mm-hmm. about the play that she was describing mm-hmm. the one that you guys were doing where you had like the cues and you're doing it. Oh, out of, of oh yes. Yes. Uh, fish eye. Fi- yeah. Yes. I couldn't remember the name yeah. of it, mm-hmm. but I was just like this, you know, you know, and like the whole thing, the yeah, relationships out and, of time and out of temporal it just, sequence. You know, yeah. Cause when she was talking about it, it made me think of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Yeah. Uh huh. But the idea you take it to the next level. Yeah. And we and with those guys, we were talking about how it like parallels like jazz musicians or like yeah. a jam band, mm-hmm. where it's sort of like you're reading the room, you're reading the audience, mm-hmm. and then you throw something out in a key, and then people react, and then right. it moves into that song, right. and it becomes that solitary experience, right? Right. You know. Right. Um, but yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, you know, I I think selfishly, mm-hmm. like we both were into this, and we're like, oh, hey, we both like to chat, right? You know, we want to talk to other people, sure. And in doing that, that helps us with our own creative endeavors, mm-hmm. you know, but that I think, I mean, I've been affected by everyone that we've spoken to, Yes. but that one really like spoke to me on a level of like understanding that, um, how much collaboration can augment what you're doing. Yeah. Even if you think it's something that you need to do on your own or traditionally you've done it on your own. Right. You right. know, and how you can really flip the script to bring out the best version of you. Right. Right. You it's know. it's wonderful. And, it you know, it reminds me of that we've talked about, you know, we're sitting in my apartment in Brooklyn with all the the instruments and so forth. And, and, and I've referenced before how it's such a it's a lovely gift to have a I guess I've kind of created a safe space for exactly. people to come in and play music. Yes. And she's taken that on a whole different level because yeah. she's also creating art that she's presenting to people. Yeah. Um, and it's, and, th- and it's always inspiring. And you know, I, when I see her, we hang out every once in a while or I'm doing cold core functions. I say something along those lines like that to her and she's like, Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because that's just who she because is. She's just th- doing it. Yeah. Like, it's there's just no like, like agenda. Yeah. She's just, that's what she does. Yeah. You know? It's, it's, it's a lovely to be around people like that. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to bringing her back, yeah. continuing the conversation. That was a real mm-hmm. quick hit. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure our listeners are like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's know? got way, I mean, she's, we just scratched the surface with her. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. If you see her name, something, whether it's her or Colt Core. So Colt Core. C-O-L-T space C-O-E-U-R. C-O-E-U-R, yes. Mm-hmm. If you see anything associated with any of that, mm-hmm. run, don't walk. Yeah. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you might have to trip somebody because you yeah. might not. You still might not get it's, get, get it's in. Wonderful, yeah. <laughs> everything that I've been involved with with Cold Core and uh, everything that I've seen that that I wasn't actually acting in, right? Wonderful, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Word, cool. All right, um, that's it for me. That's it. 
Thank you guys for, again for listening. Yeah, I appreciate it. This is Radio Zamunda. And this is the dope. Shit. There. <laughs> Once again, if you uh, if you have some thoughts, you have some feedback, you're you're working on something yourself. Yeah, let get, us know. Get in touch, man. Start the conversation. You know, we're also I think we're also on the Twitter. Yep. Yep. Radio Zamunda. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Radio Zamunda at gmail dot com. Yeah. Holler at your boys. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Peace. So much. Yeah.